you would please stand now for the talk and we'll stay. This is like camp, right? And that's what you're supposed to do? Uh, it's probably more exercise than Todd Dennis and Kirk have had in probably a year, right? Standing up and down there. It's good for us. So it's good to see everybody. What, isn't it nice to sing? Isn't it just nice to sing and to sing out? And I know many of you have traveled uh, a long ways to be here. And so God bless you. And thank you for being a part of this, and especially uh, to all the teens and college age and young adults that have come to be a part of this weekend. Uh, God bless you, and thank you so very much. I, I must confess, I have looked forward to this for three years, <laughs> uh, uh, because even before the pandemic hit, I was supposed to come out here, and everything kept just coming up in my life and lots of challenges back home, and so I, I was afraid it was me uh, that was the problem, but I, I have really looked forward to this and looked forward to it for many reasons. First of all, I, I get to hang out with Jared again. Jared and I have spent a lot of time together. He's a camp friend, came to camp, worked with us at Florida Camp. He's a, he's a dear friend of our family, especially my children, and so it's good to see him. Uh, Jordan, my first time to really get to hang around Jordan. God bless him. Anybody that works with J Ricky, uh, 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 just you got to love a guy who has to work with Ricky Jenkins every day. So God, God bless him, and it's, it's so neat to hang out with him again. And, and I'm really looking forward to uh, Heather and Abby and Hannah and, and all, all of us working together uh, to share some thoughts uh, that I hope will be beneficial to all the kids. But tonight, since we have the adults here, I thought it would be good to let everyone know not only what we're talking about, but why this is such an important subject to discuss. 35 years ago, packed up my Mustang, my 86 Mustang. Man, was it a ride. All four cylinders, it probably couldn't go 100 miles an hour if you drove it off a cliff, but nothing, nothing but it looked good. That's all that mattered, it looked good. And I loaded it up everything that I practically owned and I packed it up and I, I was leaving Lubbock, Texas to drive off to college in Tampa, Florida. And I remember seeing my mom with tears in her eyes. I was saying goodbye. I was like, what, what? This is great. You're just all by yourself. I said, no, I'm not. I got Rand with me. Rand McNally. He'll tell me where he turned. Now, if you laughed at that, you just showed your age. Because there was a time that you didn't have one of these. I, I know my kids are like, what did you do? Did you call home? Yeah. I would go to a phone that would be hanging on a wall, and I'd dial zero, and I would hope my parents would accept a collect call. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, anybody here ever do the make a collect call and decline it so we just know where you are but don't have to pay for it thing? <laughs> Anyone do that? I'd always brace, is my dad even going to take it? Is he going to accept charges? But I made it. I made it without the phone. I made it without the maps. I made it without all the podcasts and everything else. But I'll tell you this, when I got on the plane this morning at 6 a.m. and I had my phone with me, I had podcasts going, I was already listening and reading devotions, I had already set it up with email, and I mean, I even got in the flight and I got the free texting as I flew all the way out here, and I've been talking to everybody. It's the coolest thing ever. And I can't imagine living without it. I was uh, doing a teen weekend, and we were actually talking about this subject. And I had left my phone just sitting 
down on the Lord's Supper table as I was speaking to the kids, you know, be careful with your phones, you know, whatever else we old folks do when we get on a rant. And my phone kept going, mm. I was like, who's, who's they, they know I'm in a teen, mm. I mean, it just, I, I finally had to get over and just kind of cut it off. And I got done with that little session. I went and picked up my phone and said, who is bugging me? And it was a text group of Roger Strauss, Kenny Moore, Ricky Jenkins, and Don Truex. While I'm working with teens, they're all sitting at home watching the Olympics. <laughs> and they're having a discussion on having a bobsled team of preachers. <laughs> and the argument was over who's in the front and who's in the back. They actually threw Ricky in the back because if he flipped out, it wouldn't matter. Don was up front because he had the cufflinks. They had this whole discussion. I'm so glad I won the part of it because when I finally picked it up, they said, well, Phil will just have to coach since he's not answering. Yeah, I want to hang out with you guys there. But how cool is that? Anybody here got fun text groups? People that you can stay in touch with? Since I've been sitting here tonight, forgive me if you saw me on my phone, but David and Dana Carosa were actually texting me. If you know who they are with Sacred Selections, we got a project going. And a very dear friend of mine who used to be a part of our congregation for many years, who had moved away to Missouri, had just got a new teaching job in Texas, and he wanted to tell me all about it. Isn't that cool? Isn't it amazing? In fact, what makes it so much fun is you get to see people's lives, and you get to actually see them in their lives. Here's a picture. Isn't that a sweet couple there? I'll have to confess, though, my, daughter's, my daughter is actually in social media marketing and everything. She would say, mm, you only got one like. You need to reconsider what you're doing. So let's look at this. The Mississippi State shirt. That's got to be it, right? There you go, work here. But then there's people like this. Mm. You gotta wonder about people like that, don't you? And then there's this picture. That's a guy's wedding day. Jordan, whoever Ben Zippers is and Sarah, they are not your friends for putting it on Facebook. But isn't that fun? Isn't it fun to experience people's lives? Isn't it fun to connect? Isn't it fun to get on here and listen to a good podcast or a lesson? Isn't it fun to watch a devotion? Isn't it fun to just stay in touch with friends? Isn't it neat? Isn't it amazing? But the fact of the matter is, if that was what it was all about, we wouldn't be here. Because generally, this is what you see a lot. The modern family, literally on their phones. And it's kind of an oxymoron when you think of social media because social media has actually made us less social. And it's consumed our lives. So much so that according to recent surveys, the average person, this is the average person, will spend five to six hours a day on a screen. College students, 8 to 10 hours. I, I will give college students a little bit of slack here. A lot of their studies now are on the screen, so we'll take two hours off there because you actually went to school, maybe. But what it means is at the end of our lives, 
with this much screen time, we will have spent five full years being consumed by devices. And that's not five full years of just during the day hours. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week for five full years on a screen. And unfortunately, most of it isn't devotions. Most of it isn't podcasts. Most of it isn't just fun text groups and learning from staying in touch and whatever else. It's social media. It's things that can be a blessing, but can easily become a curse. Anybody here ever seen the Netflix documentary, Social Dilemma? If you haven't, parents, you need to go watch that. Social Dilemma. It's actually a documentary that a lot of people who are in the tech business are sharing how apps, how these programs are made, and they speak to the algorithms that know us even better than we know ourselves. You ever been searching something? Maybe you were going to buy some shoes, and you went and just looked at them quickly, and then the next day you went and looked at Facebook, you went, oh, there's an ad for those shoes. And then you go to ESPN, there it is again. And then you go to the, there it is. You go, oh my word, this must be a sign. The Lord is speaking to me. I need to buy these shoes. No, it actually isn't. They know you. They know you. And here's where it really gets scary. If you're an Instagram person, go to search. And be careful when you do. Because what's going to come up in the search log is the algorithm of what you are. What you're watching, what you're looking at, what your interests are. And it can be very revealing. It can also be rather condemning. But why is it we spend so much time on devices? Well, because they've been designed to be addictive. Did you know Steve Jobs? The man who really started it all. And those who worked with him forbid their children to have the first devices. And when they gave them to their children, they gave it to them on a limited basis. That's why we need to see and understand there's a reason why we can go and look at something and the next thing we know, an hour has slipped away from our life because we were constantly doing this. Uh, Anybody here remember what a magazine was? It was so cool. Sports Illustrated would come to the house. I'd be so excited, you know. I mean, I, I had, this is how old I am. You remember the 1980 Olympic hockey team? Oh, that was a keeper. I read it cover to cover. But here's what you did. You read, you read, you read, you read, and it ended. It ended, and you had to wait a month for the next Christianity magazine. Remember when that came out? Remember how cool it was? And if you were like me, you flipped to the back, you read Ed Harold's comment, then you went to the front and you did That's Life, and then you read Sewell, and then you read, and then you read, the, and then you, oh, you had to wait a month. You get on here, I look at this, oh, there's something else, there's something else, there's something else, there's something else, there's, 
It never ends. Because the device and the apps are designed to hold you. We have notices and the appeals to approval. That's why there's always going to be a like button because that draws us in. And if we're really honest with ourselves, you ever posted a picture and gone, you know, I should have got a few more likes than that. Because all those push notifications and all those things that we can link us up not only draw us on, but they appeal to a desire within us. To get approval. And if we don't get the approval we think we deserve, we get what? Upset. Have y'all noticed that sometimes people on Facebook argue? Has anybody noticed that? <laughs> These long political debates where people are in all caps and there it goes and it's this thread. Have you ever noticed that at the end of those there's always the person that goes, you're exactly right. I've totally changed my mind. <laughs> no, because it's never happened. And it never will. Because the platform itself is designed to produce outrage. Because the more outrage there is, the more we want to watch it, and the more we grasp for it, and the more we try to defend ourselves, and the more we try to prove a point, and it builds and it builds and it builds. That's why the CEO of Netflix said to his board, our greatest competitor is Facebook, YouTube, and sleep. we got to learn how to keep them awake. Because if we can keep them awake, they'll watch longer, they'll see more ads, we'll make more money. And it appeals to each and every one of us in the same way that a cigarette does to a smoker, alcohol does to an alcoholic. It appeals. It appeals. And it's addictive. I uh, just took a clip of our Facebook page for the camp. Harmless enough, right? But you just want to get on here and see what the camp news is. There it is. Save the date. But look at all the other notifications all around there. People's names, other chat groups, other things, new events, who are the members. By the way, here's some suggested members that maybe you want to reach out to. See how it gets you? And then when you go to that page, there's more. When you go to that page, it's more. Fortnite. Oh, boy. I got to be careful. I got a son. He's got the headset and everything. It's pretty funny. I die instantly. I can't last 10 seconds. But it's a phenomenon. 350 million subscribers. Schools are now warning parents of how it's affecting kids' behaviors and online predators are actually seeking kids through this medium and what the research is actually showing us is that children are prone to be bullies and are actually less social. And there was even a child in England who played for almost days and wouldn't even get up off the couch to relieve herself. And now it's getting a new name in the psychological world. What we see and what we're seeing is that this designed addiction is drawing us and drawing us and drawing us in. 
And it's like a rabbit hole of a world without end. Y'all familiar with the story of the parable of the sower? You heard the parable of the sower? You got the wayside, it's just real hard. You got the rocky that has no depth. The true scary ground is the next ground. You know what that is? Thorns. Because those that are in the thorns are going to appear fine and you have to wait for the thorns to grow up and and they're still there. They're still there. They haven't been swept away by the birds. They haven't died out by the sun. They're still there. But they're dying. Jesus says it's the cares of the world that come up and choke it out. My wife and I realized this real quick when we were rearing our children. That it's amazing to see how your kids mirror you. Uh, Before cell phones... (laughs) I'm walking around the house. It was really cool. We didn't have a cord on this phone. We were big time. We were big time. It's funny. We went into Cracker Barrel one time when our kids got a little older. My, my son goes, look, it's a phone with a cord. That's a great idea, Dad. Then you'll never lose it. You really ought to get one of those. <laughs> okay. I didn't have a cord, and I'm walking around, and I'm talking. And then my son wanted to speak to my parents. And so he's two years old. He grabs the phone, and he immediately started doing this. And I'm just like, what's this kid doing? And I look at my wife, she, and she just goes, it's what you do. And it, I didn't realize it. I do. I can't stand still for nothing. And then I realized, isn't it interesting? My son likes the same teams that I like. He's a smart kid. <laughs> he has my interest. What I began to realize is, I'm planting seeds. Harmless enough, but I'm planting seeds. Could that love for sports grow up and choke him out? Could that love for that hobby? Who who gives the kids the devices? Do kids buy them on their own? Scary, isn't it? You, you would never as a parent give your kid alcohol. That's addictive. That's a bad... You wouldn't give them a cigarette. But we'll give them a $1,000 machine. No holds barred. Where at any time of day, anyone in the world, whether purposefully or inadvertently, can come into their mind and influence them. In the weeds grow up. Isn't that a scary thought? That's why I believe it's important for us to hear, first of all, as parents, that we need to understand that the screens have limit or should have limits. Even the American Academy of Pediatrics just a few years ago said, here's some suggestions. Now, this is not from the American Academy of Church of Christ Preachers. This is the American Academy of Pediatrics. These are doctors. They said 0 to 18 months, 0, 0, 0 screen time. 18 months to 3 years, no more than 20 to 30 minutes. And you say, oh, wait, what about educational? That includes the educational. That includes the educational. 
Three to five years, one hour max. Six and up, it needs to be limited. No screens in the bedrooms, no screens at the dinner tables, no screens before at least one hour of play, of exercise, and parents have to be good role models. And can we just be honest? This is not a kid problem. How many times you've been driving and you're tempted to look at your phone? and literally put your life at risk for a text or a notification or to see the latest like. You know, the Bible actually has some passages, and let me just very much confess to you, I don't believe the specific context in any way of these passages had to do with screens, all right? When Micah said this, he didn't say, you know, one day there's going to be screens. Let me throw this out there. But isn't it interesting, as he spoke of idolatry, woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil in their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it because it's in the power of their hand. Isaiah 2, their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands and what their own fingers have made. Anybody ever had stiff neck, tech neck from looking down? Interesting, isn't it? Sure, it's not an asterisk. Sure, it's not a bell. But boy, it gets our attention. It gets our devotion. (laughs) Somebody sent me this the first time I did this series. You know, maybe it really was an apple that Eve pulled from the tree. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. If you've ever looked at the story of the Tower of Babel and gone, I don't get it. Why did God get so mad? So they're building a tower. So what? They're going to get up there high enough, run out of some oxygen, and they're going to pass out. They're not going to make it to heaven. Why did God get so mad? Why did he immediately confuse their language? Why did he, I mean, why, Lord, why? It makes no sense. Why? Just let it fall and falter on its own. I want you to notice what the people said, and this is actually many times. But notice verse 4. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Notice, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. You know what God tells them three times? Three times before you get to chapter 11. Three times beginning in the days of Adam and Eve. Three times all the way up to here. You are to go into all the earth multiply and spread out. Why? Because God just wanted somebody on every corner? No. Because God recognized unification with the whole world is not good for us. I mean, it's pretty cool that we can talk to somebody right now. We can actually watch a war taking place right now. We can get instant information from any place right now. That is neat. But having every 
person in the world speaking to us, every person in the world influencing us is not good for us, especially when the intent of the world is to defy God. God said, spread, multiply the earth. Man says, not doing it. And there's strength in numbers. And so God separated them for their own good. God thinned it out for their own good. What's the very first thing he said to the children of Israel when he was bringing them out of Moses? I mean, out of uh, out of out of Egypt through the leadership of Moses. Don't mix with the world. You wouldn't let a stranger in your house, would you? But everywhere your child or you go with your phone, all the strangers come with you. Isn't that a scary thought? That's what the Tower of Babel was about. So let me just, me be Papa Bear for just a moment while I've got all the adults here. I'm going to share with you some verses from the book of First Philip. You've probably never read it. Hang around me. It's a great book of my favorite opinions, and I'll share it all to you whenever you want. It's always growing. And so some of the things I'm going to share to you right now are opinion. But I would hope that you would hear they also come from somebody who loves to work with kids. Somebody who's reared children. Somebody who's passionate about God's people. And somebody who's seen the dangers. Real quick, there's no reason for a child to have a phone before the 8th grade in my opinion. My children didn't get one until they were 16 when they were able to drive and it was limited and they're still alive. They lived through it. All right? Now, it may have been hard for them, but they survived. That was our opinion. But eighth grade. Never text and drive. Definitely don't put anything immodest out there in any way, shape, or form. Don't go to any dark alley and do all you can to put any barrier up so you will never get there. Self-control is not saying, hey, I can handle it. I can do it. I don't need it. No, self-control is saying, I know I can be weak like anybody else. I'll put the wall up so I don't have to worry about falling over the edge. We really ought to think about that as parents. Everything you like reveals you, and like attracts like, right? Don't argue in political debates. I'm sorry. I, it, I've not once have I ever seen anybody go, oh, you're right, I'm changing. And as the people of God, can I just say something? We don't put our faith in princes or chariots. I, I, I know there's evil out there. There was evil out there in the first century. You've ever gone and read 1 Peter? Peter didn't say, all right, it's going to get bad. Here's what we got to do. We got to rally up again. No. He said, start in your own hearts. Be an example to the world. Show them what peace is. Not justifying wrong. But our faith is not in the same faith that the world has. Don't share fake news. As a newsman, this one really gripes, just grinds me. 
any blogger can post anything, and I see brethren sharing things all the time, and I'll, I've even sent notes to people saying, that's bogus, that's wrong, and I'll get a reply, yeah, I know it's wrong, but I really like it. <laughs> no! That's me screaming at the computer now. My wife goes, turn it off, turn it off, but they don't, turn it off. You preach a sermon on this. Don't share. And don't criticize. You praise publicly and privately you speak to somebody if you need to speak to them. Just my two cents worth. But you know what we're really going to talk about as well tomorrow is the good things that can come from technology because I'll tell you, phones aren't going anywhere and I'm not getting rid of mine. Rand McNally was a good friend, but he's done. I like this friend. And there's a lot of good ways to use it. A lot of good ways to use it. And there's a lot of good ways without it. So let's disconnect so we can reconnect with our Lord and what's important. I want to close with this as a matter of invitation. If you have the Heavenly Library with you, take down the book of Ephesians and let's just go to Ephesians 5 and I'll close with this. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and following. Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not Get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Those are some good words from the Apostle Paul that fit in any time period. And can I just share with you tonight, if there's anybody here tonight who hasn't given their heart to the Lord, well, this would be a wonderful time to do so. To set aside the cares of the world, to get out of the thorns, and to allow His Word to do its work in you. And so if that's something that you'd like to do tonight, boy, we would love to witness it. And we would encourage you to do so. But if you've already given your heart to the Lord, can I just encourage you to think about it? Just think about it. And let's don't let less blessings become curses. Because that's how Satan does it. Let's let the blessing be a blessing. If you'd like to be blessed by the Lord tonight and have your sins washed away in Christ, we invite you to come while we stand and sing.